are fighting for the opportunity to go to school and feel protected. A couple of years ago, when I was in 10th grade, I joined my school's Gay Straight Alliance, or GSA, on a whim. I'm straight, and I think I had some misconceptions about LGBTQ people when I first joined. Could this be the day when we receive the call that says something has happened? That he has been attacked? For just being who he is? Yet this is about my kids, but it's not. It's about all of our kids. Welcome to This Way Out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine. I'm Greg Gordon. Poland protects students with anti-queer curriculum cops. LGBTQ kids and allies ask, what makes an activist and an Australian MP fights for his son's nonconformity? Those stories and more this week because you found this way out. I'm Wendy Natividad. And I'm John Dyer V. With Newswrap, a summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending February 12, 2022. Polish lawmakers say they're just protecting children, but critics say the bill they passed this week will make it virtually impossible for teachers to include discussions about LGBTQ people in their classrooms. The measure gives government-appointed supervisors control over school curriculum. They would have the authority to approve or reject programs by non-governmental organizations and to fire teachers and school principals who don't fall in line. The legislation is part of the ruling far-right Law and Justice Party's ongoing campaign to Christianize Polish institutions. President Andrzej Duda is expected to sign it into law. Justyna Nikielska works for the Polish LGBTQ rights group Kampania Preci Homofobi. She told Pink News, Young people will be punished for tolerance, openness to diversity, critical thinking, and independence. LGBTQ youth will feel less and less safe in schools. A measure equality advocates are calling the Don't Say Gay bill now seems certain to become law in the U.S. state of Florida. It was approved in the state Senate Education Committee along party lines on February 8th, having already passed in the House. It would prevent teachers in Sunshine State schools from encouraging classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in primary grade levels. Its restrictions apply to any level if the discussion is not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students. School officials would be pressured to out LGBTQ students to their parents, parents armed with the power to sue schools if any of the bill's provisions are violated. Republican Senator and Baptist Funeral Director Dennis Baxley sponsored the bill and was challenged during the hearing by Democrats like Senator Tina Polsky. Mrs. Fish, why does Johnny have two mommies? What is the teacher supposed to say? Well, again, I think you should talk. Some discussions are for with your parents. And I think when you start opening sectional, sexual type discussions with children, you're entering a very dangerous zone. And, and your awareness should pop up right away. This isn't teaching. At rallies against the bill across Florida, students are speaking for themselves. I think with this bill, it's just another way for them to silence us. And we have been silent for so long. We are fighting for the opportunity to go to school and feel safe and feel protected. 
Governor Ron DeSantis is hinting his support for the bill in harmony with his hints about running for the Republican presidential nomination in 2024. He told a Miami press conference this week that, in some schools, children are advised, don't worry, don't pick your gender yet. Let's get parents involved. Let's make sure anything that's discussed is age appropriate. Teacher and parent of a transgender student, Anita Hatcher, begs to differ. When you reassert parental authority, sometimes you get the parental authority of my child's father who told him it would be better if he took his own life. The White House is warning that the Florida bill is no isolated action. A spokesperson delivered a statement on February 8th saying, Across the country, we're seeing Republican leaders take action to try and regulate what students can or cannot read, what they can or cannot learn, and most troubling, who they can or cannot be. Tennessee's Don't Say Gay bill has been born again after being aborted a decade ago. It's sponsored by Republican State Representative Bruce Griffey, who argues that state schools are not allowed to teach what he calls Christian values to his daughters. So, he says, I don't see how LGBTQ and other issues and social lifestyle should be part of the curriculum. In other U.S. state-related news, a South Dakota Senate committee killed a so-called bathroom bill this week. It would have required trans students to use gender-segregated campus facilities like restrooms and locker rooms based on their birth gender. In Virginia, a House of Delegates committee rejected a bill that would have made the State Department of Education's guidelines for supporting transgender and non-binary students not mandatory for school districts. Herstory was made in the U.S. Senate this week. Chantelle Wong's confirmation as U.S. Director of the Asian Development Bank makes her the first out lesbian and first LGBTQ person of color to serve in a federal ambassador-level position. The Asian Development Bank promotes social and economic development in the Asia-Pacific region. Wong was confirmed February 8th in a rare bipartisan Senate vote of 66 to 31. With a master's degree in public administration from Harvard University's Kennedy School of Government, Wong served as budget director at NASA and acting budget director of the U.S. Treasury Department. She was also the founding chair of the Conference on APA Leadership, a group that encourages young Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders to pursue careers in public service. Imani Rupert Gordon is the executive director of the National Center for Lesbian Rights. Her press release applauding Wong's confirmation read, When President Biden took office a year ago, he pledged to transform the executive branch by including appointments that reflected the full diversity of our great nation, including people of color and members of the LGBTQ community. From appointing Secretary Buttigieg and Admiral Rachel Levine, the first Senate-confirmed openly gay and transgender cabinet-level appointments respectively, to today's confirmation of Ambassador Wong, it is clear that President Biden is intent on fulfilling that promise. A leading European Roman Catholic cardinal has done what Jesus would do, call for a fundamental revision of church teachings on homosexuality. During an interview with the German Catholic news agency KNA, Cardinal Jean-Claude Olerich of Luxembourg confessed that he does not consider same-gender relationships sinful, saying, I believe that the sociological scientific foundation of this teaching is no longer true. Olerich testified that in his own archdiocese, no one is dismissed because they are homosexual. He also supports church employees regardless of sexuality. I can't kick them out. They would become unemployed. 
How can such a thing be Christian? Unfortunately, Cardinal Ulrich's comments and even Pope Francis's support for greater acceptance of LGBTQ people are not likely to foster any foreseeable changes in Roman Catholic doctrine. Finally, the first bill introduced in an Indian parliamentary committee in 2022 will probably crash on takeoff. The Committee on Public Undertakings wants to get the airport code of the city of Gaia changed from G-A-Y to an alternative like Y-A-G. The committee finds the G-A-Y code inappropriate, unsuitable, offensive, and embarrassing. Gaya is where Rama, Sita, and Lakshmana go to give an offering to Dasharat in the Hindu epic Ramayana. It's a major Hindu pilgrimage site and also a holy city in Jainism and Buddhism. The World Heritage Site Mahabodhi Temple is said to be where the Buddha gained enlightenment. Conservative lawmakers are refueling the campaign they began a year ago to change the airport code, and they're barnstorming the federal government to find a way, according to the Economic Times. Reportedly, Air India already asked the International Air Transport Association for the change at the government's request. However, association regulations say that airport code designations are permanent unless a change is justified based on compelling air safety needs. So, as Pink News notes, at least for now, Gaia will remain unique as a holy city and pilgrimage site with the gayest airport in the world. That's News Wrap, global queer news with attitude, for the week ending February 12th, 2022. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucia Chappell, produced by Brian DeShazer, and brought to you by you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. And you can read the transcript and listen to News Wrap each week by subscribing to our This Way Out radio channel on YouTube. For This Way Out, I'm John Dyer V. Stay healthy. And I'm Wendy Natividad. Stay safe. I'd ask the Prime Minister and every other member in this place to put themselves in the shoes of the parents all the heels of their kids as they step out in public. What message do we want this parliament to send to these kids? Surely we aren't saying to them, it's okay if you're gay, just so long as we don't see it. An Australian MP defends queer kids after some queer kids and their allies realize their own activist responsibilities. All the world up to the example of someone like Archbishop Desmond Tutu? Tutu's recent passing got members of the queer and allied youth broadcasters from Outcasting Overtime thinking. This is Outcasting Overtime, from Media for the Public Good, creator of Public Radio's LGBTQ youth programs. Hi, I'm Tim, an Outcasting Youth participant. On December 26, 2021, Desmond Tutu died at the age of 90. Tutu was a religious leader in South Africa and a longtime advocate against apartheid. He was also an advocate for LGBTQ equality. A BBC report quoted him as saying, I would refuse to go to a homophobic heaven. 
No, I would say sorry. I mean, I would much rather go to the other place. I would not worship a god who is homophobic, and that is how deeply I feel about this. In a video released by the UN Free and Equal Campaign, an initiative of the United Nations Human Rights Office, he said, Around the world, lesbians, gay men, and bisexual and transgender people are denigrated, attacked, imprisoned, tortured, even killed because of who they are or whom they love. I cannot worship a homophobic god. I oppose such injustice with the same passion that I opposed apartheid. Together we can build a world that is free and equal. Reading these powerful words and learning about the life of an activist like Desmond Tutu made me consider whether I'm also an activist. I certainly didn't feel like one in comparison. Tutu was the Anglican Archbishop of Cape Town, South Africa. In 1984, he was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize, and in 2009 in the United States, he received the Presidential Medal of Freedom. I'm only in high school, and I wondered, Tutu was such a towering activist. Is it even possible to also think of myself as an activist? Before I started really thinking about what activism means, the things that came to mind were physical demonstrations, direct actions, sit-ins, marches, things like that. I'd never done any of that. I'd never even gone to a protest. Like other people my age, I had certainly learned in school about the history of racism, but for most of my life, I didn't hear a lot about people spending their days and nights participating in protests. So I think that the surge of the Black Lives Matter movement in 2020 and media coverage about it helped a lot of young people understand racism in a more powerful way. A couple of years ago, when I was in 10th grade, I joined my school's Gay Straight Alliance, or GSA, on a whim when I saw one of its flyers posted in the school. I'm straight, and I think I had some misconceptions about LGBTQ people when I first joined. Through the GSA, I learned about outcasting. At our outcasting sessions, we talk about activism and how it has created the LGBTQ equality we have today, but that equality is incomplete. Despite important progress, LGBTQ people still face a lot of discrimination. I've grown to realize that this discrimination is wrong. Some of it is based in hatred, but a lot is based in unfamiliarity, and this can be addressed through enlightenment and activism. Being in the GSA and outcasting has enabled me to discuss LGBTQ issues, and I've begun learning about LGBTQ history and culture. Among other things, I've learned that, for a long time, LGBTQ people were often so vilified in society that it could be risky for them to come out. Gay sex was criminalized in many parts of the country. In many places, there were laws that made it difficult for LGBTQ people to gather. People could be arrested for even being in an LGBTQ space, like a gay bar, a place where LGBTQ people could congregate and even form bonds as a community, and that could result in the loss of their families, their jobs, and even their homes. And the idea of legalizing same-sex marriage was so far off the charts that for a long time, Many people didn't think of it as something that should even be pursued. More recently, things have gone better. At least in the U.S., LGBTQ topics are part of mainstream conversation. LGBTQ people are portrayed on TV and in movies, and not always as doomed or evil characters as they often were in the past. The mainstream media no longer cover LGBTQ politics in such a negative light, though there's a lot of room for improvement. Many high schools and even some middle schools have gay-straight alliances where LGBTQ students can share their experiences and where straight allies can learn how to support their peers. A handful of states now require public schools to include LGBTQ history, to teach about Harvey Milk as well as Martin Luther King, and some states are barring medical professionals from the often dangerous practice of conversion therapy or trying to turn gay people straight. And as for marriage equality, I'm part of a generation that sees it as just normal. It doesn't even seem like something that was controversial 
or that advocates had to fight for, though of course it was. All that being said, there's a lot yet to be done. It's still legal to discriminate against LGBTQ people in many parts of the U.S., and many states are introducing and enacting new laws that target LGBTQ people. But the growth of LGBTQ equality in the U.S. today is undeniably the result of years of continuing activism. So where do I fit into all of this? Am I an activist? As we've talked at my GSA and at Outcasting, I've learned that there are lots of different ways of advocating. Aside from physical demonstrations, activists also gather and disseminate information, study what earlier generations of activists have done, and recognize problems in society and come up with ways to solve them. I joined my school's GSA and Outcasting because I want to learn, and I am learning about LGBTQ issues, history, discrimination, and activism. I'm finding out how to recognize injustice, and by learning more, I can share that information with other people so that they can become aware of the injustices and maybe even join the movement. So as I think about equality, it is starting to make sense to think of myself as an activist. I've learned that before I really started thinking about this, I may not have had the perspective to see a broader picture. I've learned that activism includes talking with elected officials to try to get them to enact policies that promote equality, which is how marriage equality was enacted in 2011 here in New York State. It includes bringing lawsuits to challenge laws that are unjust or even unconstitutional, which is how we got marriage equality nationally in 2015. It can involve something as simple as discussing these issues in my GSA, and talking with my friends who aren't in the GSA. And it includes educating the public on these issues so that there's more public support and acceptance, which is essential for political and legal advocacy. So talking and thinking about these issues is helping me see the diversity of pro-LGBTQ voices and how they fit into a bigger picture. The movement for equality is really a lot of movements working toward equality for everyone who has faced discrimination. I'm 17 now, and I don't know what role activism may play in my future, but I'll try to keep learning and respecting people. When I first heard about Desmond Tutu's death, I thought of him as someone from a very different generation, and he seemed worlds away. But his statement that he would not worship a homophobic god and would rather go to hell than to a homophobic heaven, plus my own involvement in outcasting in my school's GSA, have inspired me to think of myself as part of something much bigger than I had envisioned before. It's helped me to think of the community of activists as us, not them. It's big, it's important, it's been going on for a long time, and I'm part of it. Thanks for listening to Outcasting Over Time. From Outcasting Media, creator of Public Radio's LGBTQ youth programs. Outcasting Media is a production of media for the public good, based in New York. Outcaster Isha helped in creating this piece. Our executive producer is Mark Sophus. Visit us at outcastingmedia.org to get information about outcasting, watch outcasting videos, access our social media links, and listen to outcasting and related content. You can also find Outcasting on Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible, Pocket Casts, and other podcast sites. Thanks, and thanks for listening. Together, we can build a world that is free and equal. This Way Out is supported in part by contributions from our listeners. Thank you. Some give a little each month, some make a larger annual contribution. More information and a link to give are online at thiswayout.org.
campaigns that attempt to pit LGBTQ rights against so-called religious freedom are thriving in many first world countries as much as in parts of the world typically characterized as radically fundamentalist. However, Australia's religious discrimination bill appears to now be on life support. The measure that would allow religious exemptions to anti-bias protections had been one of Prime Minister Scott Morrison's biggest campaign promises. It came to the House of Representatives on February 10th for a grueling debate that went on until dawn the next day. Labor MP Stephen Jones offered a personal illustration of the harm such laws can do to the most vulnerable. Last week, my family said farewell to my nephew Ollie. He was just 15 when he took his own life. He was a beautiful, creative, courageous young man. He was loved and accepted by his parents, by his family, by his friends and community. His mum and dad are in anguish. We all are. He was gay, he was uncertain about his gender, and he struggled with his mental health. But now he's gone, and we're no longer going to be able to love and support him on his journey through life. Clearly, the love and acceptance of his family and friends were not enough. My own son, is also a beautiful, creative, intelligent 14-year-old. He designs and makes his own clothes. He's a gifted makeup artist. He moves seamlessly between the wardrobes of men and women. He wears heels that give me vertigo and has more handbags than his sister. He has more courage than any other boy of his age than I've ever, ever met. He swims against the tide. I love and support him unconditionally, but I worry myself sick every time he leaves the house. I think to myself, you look beautiful, but do you have to go out looking like that? Because I know that the love and protection that he enjoys with his mother and his friends and his family is very different to the reception that he may receive in the outside world. Could this be the day when we receive the call that says something has happened, that he has been attacked for just being who he is. Yet this is about my kids, but it's not. It's about all of our kids. It's about the families of those kids. Every child who's had the courage to swim against the tide just to be who they are. You know, earlier today, the Prime Minister said, we should exercise our power in this place with love. Now, look, I know the cynic in all of us could easily giggle at that phrase and dismiss it as a political line, but I don't. I agree. I'm asking the Prime Minister to reflect on those words as we consider the bill. I'd ask the Prime Minister and every other member in this place to put themselves in the shoes of the parents all the heels of their kids as they step out in public. What message do we want this parliament to send to these kids? Are they as loved and cherished and respected as every other kid? Surely we aren't saying to them, 
It's okay if you're gay, just so long as we don't see it. Surely we can do better than that. Because the, parent, the thing that every parent of every gay or trans kid knows that the love and protection that we provide for them inside our family and inside our homes is not enough. At some stage, they have to step out into the world and deal with it as it is. So we as parliamentarians have the power to shape that world by what we do and what we say and how we vote. What message do we want to send to our kids? We are the Australia of Stormboy, of Breaker Morant, of Puberty Blues and, yes, of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. It's not easy crafting a national story that includes all of us, but that's our damn job. That's our job. And the national story must have a place for all of us and all of our kids. How we imagine them, but more importantly, how they are. If a young kid has the courage to be themselves and own their identity, the very least that we can do, the very least, is say, welcome, we love you and we respect you, and you're okay just the way you are. We have in our gift the power to do something. Let's not let the opportunity pass. Let's imagine a national story that talks to all of us. And let's not do something in the name of freedom of religion that does damage or harm to those of us who we love. Yeah. We've been to too many funerals. Let's get this done, but let's do it properly. Surely it is not beyond the wit and wisdom and decency of every member in this place to get this done properly. I thank you for your time. That was Australian Labor MP Stephen Jones. After debating all night, six members from Prime Minister Scott Morrison's Liberal National Coalition in the House crossed over to support amendments that would protect LGBTQ students in religious schools. That's too much of a compromise for Morrison's conservative allies, and the government decided not to bring the amended bill to the Senate. Parliament's time is short, counting down to elections, so the immediate future of Australia's religious discrimination bill remains uncertain. With a little hope, hope and then we can understand that all that children need is love and as a whole the little hands. Thanks for finding This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. Some program material this week came from Wendy Natividad and John Dyer V, produced by Brian DeShazer, and from Outcaster Tim, produced by Mark Sophus. The Rascals, Steely Dan and Shania Twain, performed some of the music you heard, and Kim Wilson, composer, performed our theme music. This way, out thanks the Kicking Assets Fund of the Tides Foundation, the Ivana Foundation, a request from Christopher David Trentham, and donors Paul Bannon, and Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. Listener donors make this program possible. Thank you. 
Look for This Way Out Radio on social media, email info at thiswayout.org, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For associate producer Lucia Chappelle and the entire This Way Out crew, I'm Greg Gordon. We thank you for listening online at thiswayout.org. And know that in Florida, we are saying gay on Champa Radio Tampa, WGOTLP 100.1 FM Gainesville, WLSLLP 92.7 FM St. Leo Dade County, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned.